But the reality is that money is energy and money can grow to whatever degree you want. If there's people out there that can earn, you know, a million dollars or a billion dollars or a trillion dollars, why can't you? So it's creating, first of all, the mindset that that's willing to receive the ideas for catapulting your life and making sure that you're willing to let go of what was so you can get a hold of what can be. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's your host, the Small Biz Chat Lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, America's number one small business expert. And it is my pleasure to welcome you to another episode of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. We have an amazing show for you tonight. We're going to be talking to a business coach who's going to give all of us her tips on how to generate more revenue streams in your business. And if you're ready to make your money work harder for you, I've got a business coach here who is all about bringing money day and night. Now here on the Small Biz Chat Podcast, our mission is to end small business failure. This show is for you. I bring in top experts who give advice from multiple angles, all with the mission to take your business to the next level. Now, hopefully you're joining us watching the Small Biz Chat Podcast from my YouTube channel or my Facebook page. And as always, if you hear something great, leave us a comment. Better yet, subscribe to my channel so that you never miss another episode of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. So with that, it is time for me to introduce my guest. Her name is Melody Greenow, and she is a business coach, and she has her business is she's creating an empire. She is the brainchild behind the CEO's Way and the CEO Business School. She specializes in helping women create profitable online businesses that they love. Melanie has gone from homeless single mom to multi-million dollar earner. She's a coach. She's an inspirational speaker and best-selling author. And she's a highly sought after business strategist known for her leadership and record-breaking sales results. She has been featured in publications such as Success From Home and My Business From Home, just to name a few. After overcoming addiction, abuse, and a difficult past, Melanie has learned the strategies and mindset required to help others go from surviving to thriving, both on and offline. She focuses on teaching women all over the world how to tap into their inner millionista. I think I like that, millionista. <laughs> For more information, you can go to she'screatinganempire.com. Melanie, welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I love that you're ending the strife for small business owners because let me tell you, I started out, broke homeless and thought, okay, wait, I'll get a job. And then I was fired 21 times. So I opened small businesses only to find out after 44 employees and 65,000 a month in overhead. Oh my gosh, I didn't know what I was doing. So having someone like you, if I'd had that, it's a really big deal. So congratulations on your mission. It's very, very cool. 
Thank you. Thank you. So, so Melly, you know, you got to tell me the story, right? (laughs) How did you go from homeless single mom to teaching women how to build multiple streams of income in their businesses? Yeah. So I actually was, uh, ended up in a woman's shelter, had my daughter, she's a year old on my lap. And I had to figure out how I was going to live, right? Because like I had no income. I, I was going to be a, a stay-at-home Christian mom. And that was turned on its head, not by my choice, but by actions taken by others. And so I'm sitting there and this woman treated me like I was the scum of the earth. Like I was a leech on society. And all I was looking for was a, a like a deposit so I could get an apartment so I didn't have to live on the street with my daughter. And I was sitting there and I thought, you know, this is where adversity comes in, right? People are like, oh, if it's hard, maybe it's not supposed to be. I'm like, okay, wait a second. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I have two options right now. One, I can be a victim and I can go down the path that everyone thinks I'm going to go down and I can end up being whatever. Or I can decide that my financial situation is never going to end up in another human's hands again. And I made a decision in that chair. That was it. I was going to get rich or die trying. Like literally, I was like, that is it. We're done. And so anyway, she ended up giving me a welfare check, which is like social assistance. Went and got a, uh, an apartment for me and my daughter to live in, which I literally couldn't afford. I was living in the most expensive city in Canada at the time uh, on $1,100 a month raising my daughter. Like, I don't even know. I would, I would like have change in my pockets, you know, trying to get milk and stuff. And so it just developed out of this need to not be in a position where I had to beg or ask someone else for my welfare or the welfare of my daughter. And the whole thing was birthed out of that. And then, like I said, I became a small business owner. I went back to school, got a, you know, (laughs) psychology and theology and did all the things, became a pastor, found out that was a quick way to get broke. And so then I opened a business and I really struggled. And so when I say, I really honor what you're doing, it's a big deal as a small business owner. And what Brooke said about, you know, most business owners are trying to do it out of their, or you said too, your right or left pocket, man, that's a, that's a long, hard road to building a business. And so I think that mentorship is a big deal, but anyways, that's kind of how it, it came about was just a decision not to stay the same. I wasn't going to do it. And I wasn't going to be under somebody else's thumb. You know, how many of you out there have, have kids? And you don't want to spend your entire working life putting your kids in childcare. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's not what I wanted. You know, I wanted a different path. And so I was kind of, you know, coerced into finding another way to do it. So I, I actually spent some time reading through a lot of the things that you talk about on your website. And what I learned was that you talk a lot about becoming financially fit. And so I wanted to ask you about, do you believe people need to be financially fit before they even start this thing we call business, right? I think we're forced into becoming financially fit or we fail. So I don't, I don't think that you have to be because I wasn't, I was, you know, I, I had student loan debt that I couldn't pay off. I was robbing Peter to pay Paul. I mean, I couldn't pay my light bill, my phone bill in the same month when I started as an entrepreneur, you know, but now what I'd prefer to teach people is how to manage their money 
in a way that's effective. So making sure that we're not overspending. You don't need five boxes of cereal in your pantry. You need one. You know, your kids aren't going to eat five boxes of cereal. They're going to eat one. And so really managing the, the small things that we can control because money is seed, right? Money is seed that we plant. And I say that, you know, you want to put money to work for you. Money makes an excellent um, servant, but a terrible master. And so if you have to go to work for your money, then that means you're working, it's your master, and it's just not a great way to live. So I think that becoming financially fit is a process of living within your means, you know, not overspending, not spending $6 on a latte. Just to give you guys an example, $250 compounded in the market at at even just 3% a day. So if you have $250 invested and you learn to compound that money at just 3% a day, that turns into over a million dollars in under a year. So it's like, what are we actually doing with those little tiny bits of money that we think are no big deal? So I don't think you have to start being financially fit, but I think it's a process of making a decision because you know wealth is accumulated little by little. And so if we take the attitude of learning, we can get there over time. That's very helpful. So when you, when someone's starting out in business and they have like this one client and that client is sort of, you know, representing like 90% of their income, how should they get started adding an additional stream of income? Because I think this is a real problem for people. They, particularly people that are service businesses, you know, you get a client, you're working on that client, you don't have time to market to another client. So like, so what are you going to do? How are you going to build another stream of income? Yeah. So I have a framework called the CEO six and it's, you know, taking pillars, what I call pillars of income that's possible for you. So for example, Brooke, she owns a company that does VA or angel, you know, investing, and she helps people find funding, et cetera. And so one of the streams of income for her would be getting the clients that investment capital, right? But she could also be a coach in that space. And as a coach, she would generate another stream of income. And then if she chose to, she could create a course that's sold online that's not requiring her time, but it would bring in income on the side. And so you can take what you do, meaning you don't want to detract or distract from what you actually do with your time, but add in little bits because to get a couple of high-end coaching clients, you can add 10, 15, $20,000 a month to your income very, very easily by having some very specific parameters. So for example, my high-end coaching, I would I have a group coaching program and I have a one-on-one coaching program. Both of those things only take five hours of my time, right? So, but I can generate 20, 30, $40,000 a month doing that. So I think that, and it doesn't matter to me if you paint, if you're an author, if you, you know, you have a childcare center, you have something to teach the world that only, you know, in a perspective that you can, you're the one that can deliver to the people that can hear you. So I think just identifying those things that you're already doing that are viable streams of income and creating a profit stream around them can be a very, very powerful solution for people that need income. So your motto is keep more, wait, earn more, keep more, grow more. So how can people build this new reality for themselves? 
Yeah, you know what? It is really a frame of mind. You know, we want to earn more income. I think a lot of the times people get trapped into, well, I make this amount of money. You know, I make a I make 50,000 a year or I make 20,000 a year. I make 100,000 a year. Well, I make $250,000 a year. But the reality is that money is energy and money can grow to whatever degree you want. If there's people out there that can earn, you know, a million dollars or a billion dollars or a trillion dollars, why can't you? So it's creating, first of all, the mindset that that's willing to receive the ideas for catapulting your life and making sure that you're willing to let go of what was so you can get a hold of what can be. Because I think a lot of the time it's very difficult if you have an identity or a, an ego situation where you're attached to what you do. Like I'm a doctor. I, I work with a lot of like doctors, lawyers, dentists. They don't have residual income, right? And so creating that residual income for them is a really big deal because how much money do you make as a doctor if you're not doctoring? You make nothing. And not only that, when they go to retire, their insurance is 10 grand a month. They can't even retire, you know? So it's like mindset first. So we want to earn more. And then keeping more is really about identifying what's valuable to you, right? Like I, you know, you could live in a mansion or you could have experiences. So what is it that you want your life to look like? And maybe you want to do both. And then of course, growing your money, your money needs to make money. We've got to put that money to work. We want to put little overalls on it, send it out to work and have it come back with more money. That's the job of money. And so it's like creating a framework in your mind where you can start to think like wealthy people think. And as you take the steps, and I love what you said, Brooke, about failing forward, you know, you're like, that's cliche. That is, it's not, I mean, you know, it's not cliche. It's literally failing and being willing to do it over and over and over again until you get it right. Well, one of the things that I noticed is that you love working with women, but you love working with women that want to operate a business out of their out of their home. So is that mostly you work with people that are solo businesses? Is that your niche focus? Uh, they can actually, I've helped people transition all kinds of businesses to home. So for example, you know, if you think about and it comes back to what you want your life to look like. Like, I want to be able to go work wherever I want to work, whenever I want to work there. I'm going to Dubai. I might be in Hawaii. I might be in Mexico. I live in Panama City from Canada. I want to be able to run my business from wherever. And so I have to think about systems in a way that sets me up to succeed from the beginning so that I'm not tied into a community, which is how I used to live, you see. I had a restaurant, an interior design company. Those things were in a city and I couldn't leave that city, which means I was stuck there, which I didn't love. So I really am passionate about helping women create a container for their income that's a movable, right? Work from anywhere, location neutral income. And anyone really can do that. I mean, the reality is we have to choose how we're going to earn an income if we want to be location neutral. Obviously, you can't open a childcare center and be the only person running that childcare center and then expect to travel. However, that same childcare center could be set up with a system that would allow you to do that. So that's why I'm so passionate about it. It's just the way we think about the systems for our business and where we want to work from. Well, you have really been enlightening for me. Thank you so much. So. With that, Melanie, I want to come back to you about something that I talked about when I first introduced you, which is you say that every woman has an inner millionista. And so I want to know 
what what how do how do I tap into that? If if that if you say that's in me, okay, help me wake her up. You know, what, where do I need to find this lady? <laughs> How do I get it? I love it. One of my mentors said there's shock or repetition, right? Shock is quick. Repetition is easier. <laughs> but we'll go, with the, we'll go with an easier answer. I really, truly believe that we are spiritual beings on an earthly journey. And that when we get here, you know, as a baby, think about as a baby, right? People identify when they get older, they identify as shy or broke or not or whatever. We identify with all kinds of things. But the reality is when we showed up here, we showed up wide open. We learned everything else. And that, you know, as a spiritual being, I'm connected to the source of all things. Like there's no disconnection, right? And I, it doesn't matter to me what, what, you know, religion you are, race you are, it doesn't matter. What matters is, are you connected to the creator of all the things, right? And I don't care if you call it universe, God, it doesn't matter. I did it really, to me, it's the, it's the experience of knowing that you are really divinely put here at this time for your mission. And the thing is that your thing that you do is so unique to you and your people, right? They can hear your voice. The ones that want to learn from you, grow with you, right? You have your podcast, your people may or may not be, you know, the same as the people that are going to follow someone else. And so you have a very unique ability to inspire those people. So when I think about waking up the inner millionista, it's like recognizing you were created for expression and expansion. That's what spirit is. Spirit is, right? Spirit, the word spirit means breath, right? Breath of life, breath of God. And you are meant to be here to experience love, joy, peace, harmony. And if the struggle is what you're in right now, recognize it's only because you're identifying with the struggle. So if we take a minute and we say, well, why am I choosing to struggle? What if I chose not to struggle? What if I chose to elevate past where I'm at right now? What if I ask myself better questions? What if I stopped asking myself, how do I pay my bills? And I started asking myself, how do I get wealthy? What if I stopped asking myself, what if I just had enough? Or what if I could only? And started to expand our idea of what's really possible because the reality is you can think, be, and do anything you set your mind to, I'm living proof through. If I can do it, anyone can do it. I'm a train wreck 10 ways to Sunday, you know? So it's like, if you can really start to identify that energy and power that you have, right. And your thoughts become things. And that's the final thing I would say, you know, if you're going to focus on something, why would you focus on just surviving or just paying the bills or just making payroll or just getting your business, why wouldn't you choose to ascend to a much, much higher level? Because whatever you focus on is going to grow, right? And so when I was making $1,100 a month, I already said I was going to get rich or die trying. And I really meant it. I focused every single day on making a little bit more, keeping a little bit more, making a little bit more grow. 
And soon enough, I was so far from where I started that I didn't even recognize my life anymore. So I think it's really important that the inner work that you and I have to do, of course, no one can do it for us, right? We have to choose it. We have to do it. And it it can be tough, but just let go of the struggle and choose to elevate. And I think you're going to find that if you ask the right questions, everything can change. So what would you say is your biggest takeaway from your entire entrepreneurial journey? Man, go ahead and tell me I can't. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> like I literally dare you. <laughs> like, go ahead, try it. Um, I think that the biggest takeaway for me has been that people are continually and always going to not believe in you. They can't believe in something that they can't see. If something's been put in your heart to do, it's because it was put in your heart to do. Don't expect other people to line up with that. But then you go do the thing, preferably with the one that put the thing in your heart to do it. You know, when you partner together on that journey, what you're going to find is that as you elevate, right? The book Think and Grow Rich says it's like every single person has, has that you know, um, person there saying, you're not going to do it. You can't do it holding you down until you finally get there. And then the entire world is going to applaud and say, I knew you could do it all along. So you just have to do it regardless of who's in your corner, be your own best friend, be your own best cheerleader, get a mentor, get a coach, read the books, listen to the audios, surround yourself with the stuff you, this podcast, put it in your ears and block out anything that comes against your goal. Like, and I don't care how close they are to you, right? Like sometimes my enemy is living in my house, right? So you have to choose every day to do the bigger, better thing for you. And eventually you'll get there. That's probably been my biggest and like hardest lesson, but also most powerful. I love it. I love it. Last question. What is the best business advice anyone's ever given you? Ah, the best business advice. Let me think. Um, I think probably don't put a necktie on a poodle or lipstick on a hog. You'll frustrate the poodle and you'll piss off the hog. All right. Well, we're just going to have to leave (laughs) that. By a guy from Kentucky. Let me just tell you this. Oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we try to dress up situations to be something that we want them to be when in fact they're not. We have to take a really clear, crystal clear look at who we're in business with, what our business systems are, where our finances are, and be super honest. Because when we try to dress stuff up, we get ourselves in trouble. So, you know, it's like really, truly be honest with yourself and find the help that you need. Like I said, through mentorship, whatever you need to do, and eventually you'll get there. All right, Melanie, I I feel like you was preaching on this podcast tonight. Thank you to business coach Melody Greenaw. If you want to learn how to build new revenue streams, she is the right one to call. Go to she'screatinganempire.com. And if you're interested in learning about what kind of boss you might be, head over to bossquiz.com. It's not a quiz. It's actually going to give you a 12-page business assessment about what is going to be the right type of business for you. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and I'm so glad that you spent time with me on the Small Biz Chat podcast. And I will leave you with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. God bless everybody.
Thanks for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday for more fantastic information and interviews. You can find more sources and small business success strategies by visiting Melinda's website, succeedasyourownboss.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.